Hi everyone, Dan Cassidy here. Welcome to the Washington Weekly Podcast on the UBS In The Now podcast channel. Our conversation today will bring you up to speed on a range of developments within the Beltway and beyond. Uh, joining me for the conversation, glad to welcome back Shane Lieberman, Federal Affairs Manager with the UBS U.S. Office of Public Policy in Washington, D.C. So, Shane, it's great to be back with you. Thank you for dropping by this week and looking forward to our conversation. Thank you, Dan, for having me as always. Good to be with you. So, Shane, thinking back to yesterday, we did hear from President Biden, and this was following uh, the disappointing GDP print here in the U.S. President Biden did speak about the economy, including some measures being taken in order to combat inflation. I know we've spoken about that prior. What are some of the key takeaways from the president's remarks yesterday, Shane? Yeah, no, he, he tried to, to some degree, play down um, this uh, um uh, that the economy shrank in the first quarter. Um, and he did say, though, he does have, have concerns that there could be a recession next year. So he was trying to, you know, focus on the here and now and say, you know, besides this uh, 1.4% uh, decrease in GDP in quarter one, there are other things going on that, you know, are positive signs uh, in the economy. Um, you know, a Republicans pounced on this uh, contraction in the in GDP numbers and are kind of pointing at President Biden and inflation in, in particular. Uh, but, you know, President Biden focused on, you know, uh, jobs and the record growth uh, of jobs and the lowest uh, unemployment rate in some 50 years. But, you know, I think, you know, a lot of concern about a recession uh, could be on the horizon, but, you know, we're going to have to see how this plays out. I think they're are some uh, healthy underlines, but obviously these numbers that uh, just came out are not uh, completely encouraging. So following up on an item we've also talked about here on the podcast, I know President Biden also indicated that he's considering a plan to relieve student debt in the coming weeks. We might hear more detail about that, though, Shane, any indication as to what such a plan might look like? And I'm curious as to what broader support of such a measure consists of in Washington at the moment. Yeah, no, this is very interesting. You know, um, President Biden did that he would not be on board with forgiving $50,000 worth of student loan debt, which uh, many Democrats have called for, uh, including uh, some like uh, Senator Schumer or Senator Elizabeth Warren, and amongst others. Um, so, you know, I think that gears it towards something smaller, maybe $10,000 worth of relief. Um, what's interesting, though, is, you know, the timing. Uh, you know, President Biden and his team just renewed the uh, current uh, moratorium on uh, student loan payments and interest uh, being accrued uh, through the end of May. So, you know, when I think about the timing, you know, I think he wants to make uh, an announcement before that, uh, that, the end of May, when theoretically this uh, moratorium on uh, student loan payments would uh, come due. Um, and that also makes sense from the kind of political lens of, you know, hey, you have uh, people graduating from college uh, at the end of in May, and theoretically, you know, June 1, they may have a student loan payment. So I think we're going to see something in the coming weeks, as he indicated. Uh, but, you know, as to the exact details, it remains unseen. I think what we do know, as, as I mentioned, is that it's not going to be this big, grand uh, student debt uh, relief that some have been 
uh, proposing of up to $50,000. Well, thank you, Shane, for the clarity on what we might hear further from the president in the coming weeks and certainly something we can follow up on. Now, President Biden is also seeking $33 billion in aid assistance in the way of a package for Ukraine. Uh, any indication as to what the package consists of and what might be some next steps within Congress? Yeah, there are a few pieces to this package. Um, you know, you have your military assistance, you have your economic assistance, and then you have your humanitarian assistance. You know, the first bucket, um, which would be a security and military, is the, the largest chunk of the $33 billion, a little over $20 billion. And this would be, you know, more artillery, armored vehicles, anti-armor and anti-air capabilities, uh, according to the White House. Uh, then for economic assistance, you're looking at uh, somewhere between 8 and $9 billion. And this would go toward keeping Ukraine's government uh, functioning and uh, countering Russian disinformation. And then uh, $3 billion for humanitarian assistance. You know, I think um, with anything in Washington these days, nothing is easy. And while this general package would have has um, pretty pretty solid support, in both the House and Senate, it's um, other items that are going to come into play that kind of may stall it or change the the exact components of it, you know, whether it be um, uh, border issues for our southwest border um, or COVID funding. Um, so this is going to play out, uh, and, and it may not look exactly as President Biden has proposed uh, of $33 billion dollars as I described. So un unfortunately, Shane, I know it's been a couple of weeks since we last spoke, though uh, the tensions, the conflict in Ukraine involving Russia have not eased at all. So since we last spoke, what's the latest on the ground in Ukraine as of today, Shane? Yeah, I think since the last time we spoke, you know, we saw the de-escalation in the western portion of, of Ukraine and really um, Russian troops, you know, kind of pulling back. But then uh, moving to refocus their efforts in the eastern uh, portion of Ukraine. And and I think that's what we talked about last time, and you really saw that take hold in the time since we spoke. And, you know, now you're seeing uh, heavier engagement from the Russians in the eastern and southern portion of Ukraine um, with quite devastating uh, impact on uh, civilians in those areas. So, you know, I think what you're seeing with this transition is uh, Russia, you know, really doubling their efforts. They're not uh, going to walk away from this war, you know, anytime soon. You know, so as, as I talk to more and more people um, in kind of the uh, defense industry and military experts, you know, everyone really sees this uh, war uh, continuing for the remainder of this year. And, you know, beyond that, you know, unknown if this is, you know, one or two year thing or if it's a five or six year war. So I think um, as the days continue uh, and the human devastation grows in uh, Ukraine, you know, um, the more li unlikely it is that we see a quick resolution, which is obviously um, terrible uh, from a humanitarian point of view and, you know, ter terrible for the people of Ukraine.
Right, some unfortunate developments there, though, Shane, thank you for bringing us up to speed on where Ukraine stands as of today and what the balance, perhaps, of the year might look like. We'll, of course, continue to track this story very closely. Uh, Though, Shane, thank you again for joining us here on a Friday morning for keeping us up to date on a range of developments within the Beltway and beyond. As always, plenty here that we can follow up on, Uh, though, wish you a nice weekend, Shane. Thank you again for dropping by today. Thank you, Dan. It's great to be with you, and, uh, I hope everyone enjoys a nice spring weekend. Thank you, Shane. Likewise. And again, today we've been joined by Shane Lieberman, Federal Affairs Manager with the UBS U.S. Office of Public Policy in Washington, D.C. As a reminder to our listeners and their clients, please be sure to reference the latest Washington Weekly publication, which can be located on UBS.com forward slash Washington Weekly. The Washington Weekly podcast is part of the UBS In The Now podcast channel, which is available where podcasts are found, including on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, TuneIn, Stitcher, and Pandora. Visit UBS.com forward slash studios to view the entire podcast offering, as well as the new UBS trending video series. From UBS Studios, I'm Dan Cassidy. Thank you for joining us. The information in this discussion has been prepared by and reflects the opinions and various investment views of the speaker. UBS Financial Services, Inc. has not independently verified such information and does not guarantee its accuracy or completeness. This information is being provided to you for your information purposes only and does not constitute a recommendation or an endorsement by UBS Financial Services, Inc. of the author, the securities, or views stated herein. Any specific security Securities discussed should not be considered a recommendation or solicitation to buy or sell any particular security. You should not assume that any investment in any of the securities was or will be profitable. UBS Financial Services, Inc. or its affiliates and its employees are not affiliated with any third-party speakers mentioned. UBS Financial Services, Inc. offers investment advisory services in its capacity as an SEC-registered investment advisor and brokerage services in its capacity as an SEC-registered broker-dealer. Investment advisory services and brokerage services are separate and distinct, different in material ways. We are governed by different laws and separate arrangements it is important that clients understand the ways in which we conduct business, that they carefully read the agreements and disclosures that we provide to them about the products or services we offer. For more information, please review the PDF document at UBS.com forward slash relationship summary. UBS Financial Services, Inc. is a subsidiary of UBS AG, member FINRA SIPC. 